106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Will the Time Magazine Person of the Year Award go to child climate activist Greta Thunberg, U.S. women's soccer star Megan Rapino, the whistleblower or Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. And honestly, why are these people even on the same short list as the heroic protesters in Hong Kong? The Hong Kong protesters have stood in the face of the communist power of China, and the protesters have not caved. The young people of Hong Kong have said to the Chinese Communist Party, you will not take away our freedom. And when Carrie Lam's police force shot students point blank in the streets, the protesters did not cave. The protesters in Hong Kong are willing to give their lives. Compare that to the NBA superstars who aren't even willing to risk their paycheck to stand up to the oppression, the abuse inflicted on minority Muslims in China by the same Chinese Communist Party trying to squash the Hong Kong protesters under their thumb. The Hong Kong protesters are what it looks like to be a real hero, pledging your lives, your fortunes, and your sacred honor in defense of what is right. And then, of course, we have Greta Thunberg. How dare you criticize her, the Democrats scolded us, as Greta proposed to abolish our free market economy, eliminate fossil fuels, which would cause the death of literally millions of people, all in the name of climate change hysteria and doomsday predictions that have never come true and have no basis in objective science. Megan Rapinoe, privileged enough to play professional sports for a living and virtue signal about her salary, peddling the debunked lie that women earn less than men because men are sexist. That is not true. But that's better than the whistleblower because at least Rapinoe and Greta Thunberg put their names on their fake news. The whistleblower hurled false allegations at President Trump based on a rumor he heard at work. And Nancy Pelosi was just dumb enough to believe him. Half of the Time Magazine's Person of the Year finalist list is basically just a participation trophy for people who peddle the radical leftist ideology. So I have some better ideas. If you want to talk about real heroes, let's talk about the nine-month pregnant woman who killed a violent home intruder with her AR-15 to protect her family. Let's talk about the nearly one million unborn babies who are aborted every year in our country and Lila Rose, whose work to expose the truth about abortion has saved countless lives. Let's talk about Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who was dismissed by the Democrats as being a token millennial woman because she had the courage to do what nobody else would do, destroy the Democrats' impeachment narrative in the House of Representatives. If you want to talk about people who make a real difference to make the world a better place, that's what your finalist list should look like, with the Hong Kong protesters, and there you've got a group of people to be proud of. But given Time Magazine's history, well, I won't hold my breath. Merry Christmas to y'all. We're not doing happy holidays here ever. We're doing Merry Christmas or we're not doing it. So this is Lou Benninger and you're listening to the No Hostages radio broadcast. And this is broadcast 37. The date is December 
14, 2019. So if you need to get back to this spot and re-listen to it or something, something, there you have it. You can reach me today or any day at uh, 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. Text me, call me, leave me a message, talk to me live. Well, uh, when you listen to this show, uh, I won't be talking because it's pre-recorded. But you could, uh, <clears throat> if I, uh, I'll get back to you. I'm, I'm good at returning calls. So don't be afraid. Just call me up or text me if you want to give me some information or talk to me about something, question me about something. It's good. You can also email me at uh, lou at nohostagesradio.com. Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Glad you're listening today. I'm not sure how you found us, whether you went to our website or went to your podcast source. But uh, if you went to the podcast source, there is a website if you want some some of the old messages and uh, the old programs. And you can't find them on the podcast or you want to read some of the articles. If you're looking for an old article from the Territorial Dispatch, that's a good way to get it. You don't have to look through paper after paper after paper on the territorial site. Uh, So check it out and hope you like it. We're broadcasting out of Northern California, Yuba County to be specific. And uh, it's one of 58 counties, one of about 24 counties up in the very north part of the state, rural part of the state. Nice up here. And... uh, We're hoping one day to be a separate state because we don't like the way California is going. Uh, we don't want to be socialists. We don't want a big government. You know, some people talk today like uh, you can't do it without having a big old government. And uh, they're just crazy. They're just brainwashed. They've been uh, hypnotized by the socialist. And they think, oh, you'll go broke. You'll this, you that. We're going broke because we're being taxed to death. You understand that? We're going broke because we're taxed to death. You're taxed at the beginning of your life and you're taxed after you die. We're just taxed to death. And uh, the ballot coming up here in a couple months in March and in November, there's going to be a lot of new taxes on the ballot, and they're going to really be persuasive with that really alluring advertising to get you to give more of your money away because we're in desperate straits, according to the state of California. The fact is we have hundreds of billions of dollars coming in, and there's a big surplus, and they're just misspending it. Did you know that? There's all kinds of thieves and perverts running this state, and uh, that is uh, causing us a problem. And there's a lot of people that want a socialist state. They don't, they don't mince words about it. They, that's what they want. And they want you to give your money to them and then they'll give you a little bit back and let you live here. So if you don't like that, you better vote. You better write letters to the editor. You better sign the recall commit uh, petition to remove the governor, and then we'll just keep removing people one after another, right? So I'll just start out right now by giving you the recall address. Uh, you can <clears throat> go on an Internet site 
on R-A-N-A-F, R-A-N-A-F dot org. Recall Governor Newsom. It'll tell you how to do it. It'll tell you wherever, whatever county you're in, where you can go sign a petition. If you're in Eubin Sutter County, the I've been referring. In fact, I stopped over there just a couple hours ago at 5548 Feather River Boulevard at Elite Universal Security and dropped off some petitions to the dispatch center for Elite Universal Security, 5548 Feather River Boulevard. It's right off Highway 70 going south out of Marysville. Or you could have, if you have a question, you want to make sure they're open. They're, they work 24 hours a day over there because they're a dispatch center, but you can call them at 530-749-0280, 749-820-0280. They have uh, blank petitions. Uh, they have registration cards. You can register people. Please don't just do something yourself, but get a couple other people to do it with you. If everybody uh, influences some of their friends to do something positive to make a change, we cannot go on the way we are. Some some of you may not be unhappy with where we are. I'm really unhappy, and I don't want to go this way no more. So uh, you can make a change by just standing up and doing something. Register to vote. Sign that petition to recall the governor. And um, that's going to put it on the ballot. Then we'll get to vote on the, he'll get a vote of the people. And uh, if the people want to keep him, they keep him. If the people don't want to keep him, he goes out. And then you can vote for someone else during that on that same ballot that uh, you think would be the best person to replace Mr. Newsom. Okay. Are, is this impeachment hearing thing blowing your mind? I can only, in fact, I don't have a television, so I watch clips of it on YouTube. And I can just watch a very little bit of it because it just makes me, makes my blood boil. I wouldn't care. <clears throat> it would make my blood boil if the Republicans were trying to impeach a president, say a Democrat president, and they were using the toxic tactics, the deception, the lies, the foolishness. I would be done with the conservative party. I would be done with them. I just can't handle it. I, I am not going to do corruption on either party. <clears throat> I just I cannot watch it to see think that we've gone gone almost we've gone over three years. <coughs> and what have they accomplished in Congress? What have we've spent hundreds of millions of dollars on their salaries and their buildings and maintenance and their staffs, all the people working on this for what? All the things that we need to accomplish in this country. And they are just arguing, arguing, screaming, stomping, beating gavels. I'm so sick of it. It just, it makes me want to vomit. Makes me sick. That's what it does. It just makes me sick. And I hope a bunch of people on both sides of the political spectrum are just sick of it. I'm just tired of it. And uh, to to think that a president of the United States cannot call any leader he wants and have a talk with him is just absolutely absurd. Barack Obama, the, what the Democrats, I don't want to rehash the whole thing. You're hearing it all every day. But what Barack Obama did was criminal from the day he got in there, sending pallets of cash to Iran 
it's it's the Bidens and the Clintons and the Kerrys that made all the money off Ukraine. I don't even know what they're talking about. It's just crazy. The whole thing. I've never seen. I used to actually have some respect, uh, a lot of respect for the FBI. In fact, I thought my daughter was going to go work to work for him one time. I thought, oh, how proud of we could be really proud of that. But honestly, these people are crooks, total liars and deceivers. And I've never seen people lie with such a straight face. Amazing, totally amazing. The difference between them and people that are locked up in prison is zero. Zero. They just they they should be there or be taken out and shot. Somehow we need to clean House, did you see where the Secretary of the Navy that Donald Trump fired? You talk about deep state. That guy withstood the president, who is our uh, chief executive officer and the head of the military, essentially. The guy three different times withstood Trump before he just fired him. You talk about deep state in the military. Wow. I mean, that guy was just, you know, do you remember when Obama, President Obama, removed 200, over 200 military leaders? Did you even see the press say anything about it? Say anything? Remember when he removed, uh, I don't know the rank, was it Colonel or Commander McChrystal, I believe it was, McChrystal? Uh, who was the commander of the troops in Afghanistan, and the commander had some criticism, a little bit of blowback for Obama. He didn't agree with his tactics. He was removed immediately. That guy was removed immediately. And he went off and, like, begged forgiveness, was all pussy, pussying around and everything, sucking up to Obama, and he got his rear canned, and that was the end of it. And oh my goodness, if Trump's got any criticism, it's like the whole media melts down. <clears throat> Obama sends billions of dollars to Iran, cash, bundles of cash, like you'd steal out of a bank, stacked it on a pallet and flew it over there and dumped it off, gave it to him. And it ended up funding terrorists. Nobody did anything. I noticed today in the paper that Corrupt criminal lowlife Eric Holder, the former attorney general, had the gall to say that Attorney General Barr was not fit to serve as attorney general. I thought this guy is such a narcissist and sicko, just a total sicko. It's just it just makes me so mad. Let me read you this and have you ponder it and see where you fit into these generational discussion here. D.H. Lawrence wrote this. Men fight for liberty and win it with hard knocks. That would be our forefathers generation. Their children brought up easy. Let it slip away again. The poor fools and their grandchildren are once more slaves. Now I'm going to say that again. Where do you start? Are you, where are you? Are you fighting for liberty? Are you going to win it with hard knocks? Or were you uh, the children of those people? Maybe you're several generations away from the 
founding fathers, but maybe you were brought up easy and maybe you're letting it slip away. D.H. Lawrence calls you a poor fool. And then he says, if you get farther on down the line, inheritance wise, the grandchildren turn out to be slaves, slaves of what? Like on a plantation, they're mental slaves. They're slaves to propaganda. They're slaves to being woke, political correctness, safe spaces. Unbelievable. Totally unbelievable. Men fight for liberty and win it with heart. It reminds me of people that couldn't rub, rub two nickels together. <clears throat> and they end up building a business from scratch and work 18, 20 hours a day. And when their kids start to grow up or their kids start to grow up to kind of figure out what's going on, and they start to realize that dad is very wealthy. They have no idea what it took to build that wealth. They end up taking over the business, and they don't have any spine to work hard. Their hands are soft as satin, and they just are wusses, and they end up let it slip away. And their grandchildren end up just in the ditch of life. Let me read you another one. Says so This saying says, if you have 17 FBI mistakes and 100 of those, 100% of those mistakes favor the same party in power by harming the opposition candidate, then those mistakes aren't mistakes. You get it? If you have 17 FBI mistakes and 100% of those mistakes favor the party in power by harming the opposition candidate, those are not mistakes. Are you getting it now? The FBI lied, cheated, scammed. They cheated their own. They didn't even have any integrity to be honest with the court, but they manipulated wording. They lied to the FISA court. And they just cheated and scammed and blockaded investigations. Total criminals, these people. Whole list of them. McCabe, Mueller, uh, Comey, Page, Strzok, the whole bunch of them. Dirt balls. Dirt balls, people. Even the Wall Street Journal says the FBI corrupted the secret court process for obtaining warrants to spy on former Trump aide Carter Page. And it did so by supplying the court with false information produced by Christopher Steele, an agent of the Hillary Clinton campaign. Here's another one. This cracks me up. You know, People that I know and like, friends of mine that work together on and common projects, though we have though we have political differences, but we set that aside and work on common interest projects. So this one friend of mine, after Trump, President Trump tweeted about Greta Thunberg being the was it Time Magazine Person of the Year. I thought when I saw this girl that she was mentally retarded. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we should have compassion for people like that. But but 
she was obviously scamming something. She's a sophomore in high school. She didn't know her butt from from two raccoons. And uh, she got put up to do that speech to the United Nations. She had no business going before the United Nations. She has no credibility. Uh, she she put on an act. In fact, it was kind of screwy. She seemed like she was mentally ill. So it, there's a picture here I'm looking at of two women, one very young, one middle age. One is Greta Thunberg. <clears throat> the other is Dr. Judith Curry. Now, all the press is interested, interested in Greta because the press has already made up their mind that there's global warming and the earth is going to they're going to disintegrate in 12 years. Greta happens to be 16 years, not a scientist, read from a script that day and gets 24 seven media coverage. That's Greta Thunberg, the, the youngster from uh, <clears throat> uh, somewhere in the uh, European area. I can't remember if it was in no- Norway or wherever. Anyway, then next to her is Dr. Judith Curry. She's a climatologist. She's published over 100 scientific books and papers and says that the entire climate uh, is uh, climate change, global warming, whatever you want to phrase it like, is a complete hoax. For that, even though she's a doctor, she's done a lot of research, written a lot of scientific books and papers, because she stands up against the politically correct pressure of the world, she gets zero media coverage. But a sophomore who doesn't know her butt from two raccoons, this is what censorship and baloney is all about. It's just it's just so to, so sad. And then if if uh, they'll take shots at the president, but if the president responds because he's speaking the truth. Everybody gets furious at the president that he's such a dirtbag. The fact is, here's the bottom line. For whatever reason, there's a sizable population in the United States that hates Trump, just completely hates Trump, and cannot even have a discussion about it. It reminds me of, in the New Testament, the book of Acts, where Stephen, one of the deacons in the church, began to... They they surrounded him in town one day, and he began to talk to them about what they they had done to Jesus, that they had actually killed the Savior of the world. Excuse me. And uh, they'd killed the Savior of the world, and but he was explaining that there's forgiveness in Jesus' name if they'd call out to him and repent. And they got so furious with uh, Stephen. And even though he was smiling at them they stoned him to death they beat him to death and uh, that's what's going on right now there's a spirit of violence there's a spirit of murder there's a spirit of hate in the uh, the liberals of this country and if they cannot win an election legitimately they will take it illegitimately they're totally into that they don't have any a problem with their ethics or scruples they are just into like taking it out on Trump. So uh, that's what this is all about. And uh, God help us if he gets assassinated or if he wins another term. I think the, I think the Democrats, the liberals are just going to lose their ever loving mind. 
Uh, we're going to be back here, and we're going to do six segments today. And uh, there's a clip here I want to uh, play. It's a very good clip. Please listen closely. It's How Should a Christian Vote? And secondly, there's another clip called Did the Education of American Semer- Seminaries Help to Found America? So check it out, and I'm just going to take a swig of coffee. I'm working on this late at night, and I'm a little tired tonight. So I'll be right back. Here we go. Everyone knows all about my direction. Say what? And in my heart somewhere, I want to go there. Still, I don't go there. And everybody says, say something, say something. It's election time. The general election is coming up, but early voting has already started in a number of states. And any time we come to an opportunity to vote, there's two questions you have to ask. Should I vote? And two, who should I vote for? On the first one, should I vote? I have a good friend, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and he points out that in Hebrew, Hebrew is the language God spoke. It's what he said. And he said in Hebrew, there's a lot of words we use today that you cannot say in Hebrew, like the word coincidence. It doesn't exist in Hebrew. Never crossed God's mind something was a coincidence. He plans things. In the same way, he said, you cannot say the word rights in Hebrew. He said, all you can say is responsibility. Now, that's important. We don't have a right to vote. We have a responsibility to vote. When we have a right to vote, we act like it's our prerogative. I don't think I'll use my right to vote. No, you have a responsibility to vote. This is stewardship. God gave you that stewardship. You have to exercise that stewardship. So one, you have to vote. Number two, who should I vote for? Wrong question. The question is, what should I vote for? We're told in Proverbs 14:34 that righteousness exalts a nation. Now, there's a lot of issues that come up in any election. 20, 30, 40 issues will be discussed at some point. What you've got to do is look for issues of righteousness. God gave 613 laws to his people to guide the nation. It deals with immigration and it deals with business and education and military. But then he came back and said, oh, by the way, here's my top 10. We call them the 10 commandments. So you take the first commandment. First commandment says, I'm the Lord thy God. That's about acknowledging him. That's the right of religious freedom, the right to acknowledge God. And it doesn't matter who's running for office, whether it's a dog catcher or whether it's a U.S. senator, you want to find out where they are on public religious acknowledgments. If they think kids shouldn't be able to say God at school or we shouldn't have nativity scenes in public or whatever, that's a problem because the first thing is acknowledge God. Later in the Ten Commandments, the Bible tells us don't commit adultery. Now, what's that? Don't commit adultery. God says, listen up. Here's the deal. I want sexual relations confined to a man and a woman in marriage. Anything outside of that is wrong, whether it's premarital sexual activity, whether it's sexual activity outside of marriage like adultery, or whether it's homosexual activity. Anything that is not a man and a woman inside of marriage, God says it's wrong. So where's the Canada on traditional marriage, traditional value, traditional sexuality? That's a righteousness issue. And also the Ten Commandments says, thou shall not kill. And in Hebrew, the word is murder. Thou shall not murder. You don't shed innocent blood. What's an issue that we deal with today that would involve shedding innocent blood? Certainly the abortion issue. So find out where they are in abortion issue. And again, if they're on school board, anywhere else, you want to find out where they are on righteousness issues because that tells you their worldview. So when it comes time to vote, where do you get good information on the candidates? A good place is ChristianVoterGuide.com. You go there, you get all sorts of information on where the candidates stand on issues of righteousness. And remember, it's not who you're voting for, it's what you're voting for. Vote for righteousness. Did you know that almost half the signers of the Declaration of Independence, as well as most every founding father, graduated from Orthodox Christian teaching seminaries? 
Many of our founding fathers that graduated from seminaries were considered church elders or church officers. Here's a small list of those involved in the original Congress or later signed the Declaration of Independence. Samuel Adams, father of the Revolution. John Hancock, the first signer of the Declaration and acting president. Robert Treat Payne, John Lowell, John Treadwell, Reverend Joseph Montgomery, Reverend James Manning, Pastor John Hakim Zuble. Many ministers of the original Congress went on to serve in Congress, like Reverend Abiel Foster, Reverend Benjamin Conti, Reverend Abraham Baldwin, Reverend Payne Wingate, Reverend John Peter Muhlenberg, and his brother, Reverend Frederick Augustus Muhlenberg, who later became the first Speaker of the House of Representatives. Some of these church officers who signed the Constitution include Hugh Williamson, Rufus King, and William Samuel Johnson. And my travels across America allow me the wonderful privilege to exalt what the Congress of 1854 labeled the great vital and conservative element in our system, the belief of our people in the pure doctrines and divine truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Noah Webster, founding father and author of the First American Dictionary, boldly stated, The religion which has introduced civil liberty is the religion of Christ and his apostles. This is genuine Christianity. And to this, we owe our free constitutions of government. Unfortunately, many of the institutions of learning that I'm invited to speak in hold a so-called politically correct viewpoint that argues pluralism, the acceptance and celebration of differing religions, philosophies, and ideologies. They'll maintain justice, freedom, and peace in America. Though diversity of culture and background is the beauty of America, this is not the source of our blessings. Rather, it is the Christian foundation of America that has made our nation so free. The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity, said John Adams, who also declared the Christian religion is above all the religions that ever prevailed or existed in ancient or modern times, the religion of wisdom, virtue, equity, and humanity. International diplomat and founding father Benjamin Franklin minced no words when he declared, As to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion of whom you particularly desire, I think the system of morals and his religion as he left them to us, the best the world ever saw or is likely to see. Let me pose a question. When we eliminate biblical standards and then allow paganism or immoral philosophies of other religions to become paramount in American polity, do we experience enhanced freedom? Those who founded and fought for our American culture and our American form of government did not think so. In fact, they had a very different view reflected in another resolute statement by Noah Webster stating, The Christian religion is the basis, or rather the source, of all genuine freedom in government. From colonial America's seminaries, to the architects of America's founding documents, to the preservation of liberty in America, there's one common theme, the Christian religion. This is Jake McCauley and Dominic McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution bringing you The American View. Here we go again. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I guess there's no secret that Joe Biden had a couple sons. One of them died from brain cancer. And, um, and then the other one has had a problem with drugs. 
I'm not throwing stones at him. Uh, I've had I had a problem with drugs early on in my life. People have people can get caught up and get have a problem with drugs. So I don't have any hard feelings over it. And uh, it isn't Joe Biden's life. It's his son's life. But um, recently, Joe Biden's niece pled guilty to stealing one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Carolyn Biden. And uh, that's not Joe's fault. I'm not blaming it on Joe. I just the only reason I'm bringing it up is that I wonder if Donald Trump's niece, if he had one, stole one hundred ten thousand dollars, wouldn't whether or not it would be all over the news and blasted, blasted, blasted until they almost killed the girl. So uh, but then the other thing that's interesting that I think it's very suspicious reading is how the, the how this lady was treated, and I wondered if it had anything to do with Joe Biden, or if Joe Biden called the uh, the government uh, prosecuting Carolyn Biden and asked him uh, to cut him a little deal, do him a little back scratch. So Carolyn Biden admitted in New York City, uh. She made an agreement to get two years probation if she repays $110,000, does 10 days of community service, and avoids rearrest for a year. Uh, the 29-year-old woman, Carolyn Biden, used a borrowed credit card to open a customer account at a Manhattan shop without the card holder's permission. Then she ran up a bill. Uh, over one year, over $110,000. Then, in 2013, she was charged with striking a male New York City police officer, which really isn't a crime anymore. I think those New York cops, they've just made it that the New York cops are really evil and everybody can take a shot beating them up. So, Caroline Biden was arrested on charges of obstructing government governmental administration harassment and resisting arrest according to the uh, CBS New York she got treatment for anger problems and the resisting arrest was dismissed now this is interesting now here if you got an anger issue it's 52 sessions once a week or maybe some twice a week and you have to pay a lot of money for them with her. She's probably wealthy. So she doesn't have to do that. So, um, this is the interesting thing is the type of sentence that she got. She stole $110,000. She violated the trust with her friend that she had her credit credit card and abused it. And she lied essentially to the uh, store by saying that she had, authorization to use this card right or maybe she just pretended to be that person but for grand larceny and petty larceny larceny both she only got two years probation if she repays the money does 10 days of community service it's just absolutely nothing you got nothing and she took hundred and ten thousand dollars now it's interesting the biden's could probably just pay that in one check take care of that but it just shows you that justice is not fair in the United States. If you have money and you have a name, 
you're going to get off. Right? Money and name, you're going to get off. So it's so interesting to me that the Bidens, including Joe Biden, I just saw the other day where Joe Biden got a payoff as he was vice president of the United States. He took money from the Ukrainians. They have a real they've had a real corrupt government down there and they haven't been able to fix it. But Joe Biden, his son, Hunter, was making, what was it, fifty thousand dollars a month. And he had no experience in the oil and gas industry at all. So we just have these incredible things where and John Kerry was involved over there as well. All these top officials in the United States, but they can do it. They can take millions and millions of dollars from these people, and there's no big deal. But Trump can't have a conversation with the president of the Ukraine without coming under criticism. Pretty interesting. Now back to California. Now, I know we got people listening in a variety of states, so you have to bear with me. I, I'm living in Northern California. We've got almost 40 million people here. The place has fallen to hell in a handbasket, so i got to address some of these issues. And it's sort of relevant to you because the Calif- a lot of Californians, 700,000 to be exact from last year, m- moved out of state. They went somewhere. Most of them stayed in the United States, almost all of them. So you may have some liberal people moving into your area. So this article um, says Caltrans investigations find waste and wrongdoing. You know, they find every time they investigate Caltrans, which they do about once a year now, according to the legislature, they've they've made it a law. You've got to go investigate Caltrans. Because they're handling such a fantastic amount of money. So the investigations found waste and wrongdoing. It's one thing if they find waste, right? You just aren't cleaning the place up enough, right? That's one kind of waste. Another kind of waste is they spend it badly or they they give a very favorable contractor a contract and then take some money under the table, right? So the Caltrans investigators found waste and wrongdoing in the state transportation programs. They got a new Caltrans inspector, Inspector General, and uh, they've suffered, he said, the, the, the billings have suffered from an overbilling, misspending, and even fraud. Millions of dollars in misspending. Now, I found this interesting. Rhonda Kraft, who was appointed five months, five months ago as the inspector general, said in a report up to the governor this week that in the fiscal year that ended June 30, 2019, her auditors found more than $13 million in disallowed expenditures reported by state and local government agencies. They included $7.4 million in questioned costs for programs covered by Proposition 1B, a $19.9 billion transportation bond measure approved by California voters already in 2006. Honestly, people, if you look at the, if you go look back at the different ballots, there was bonds, bond measures on every single ballot lately. Big bond measures. 
And sometimes they were for the exact same description to uh, something to accomplish. And instead of like thinking it through or asking somebody that's knowledgeable, people just go along to get along. It's just unbelievable. It just is. It, it's like I'm living in an insane asylum. Kraft, who's the uh, inspector general, her office separately received 256 Complaints of misconduct by state and local transportation workers in the last year and substantiated wrongdoing in 28 cases, including some involving misuse of state funds and falsification of documents. That's exactly what the FBI attorney did with what they were working on, uh, what, what he did with the FISA court. He lied, Right. Misconduct. There's all kinds of misconduct throughout our government because it's the deep state and the deep state does not feel like they're beholden to anybody unless they like them. Most of the 7.4 million in question bond funds was not allowed by the state's contracts. Kraft said it's money that we identified that should not have been spent. Kraft said in an interview. It's just sort of amazing, the whole thing. Kraft said, Miss Kraft, her report is an annual requirement under SB1, the 2017 legislation that boosted taxes on gasoline by 17.6 cents per gallon, plus increasing vehicle fees to pay for road and bridge repairs and improvements to the mass transit system of California. Caltrans officials said they are aware of Kraft's findings and are taking steps to improve processes and recover money overbilled by contractors and local governments. So contractors and local government have just been sending in bills that are not true. They're not accurate. They're a fraud. And the state's been paying on them, and then they come back and try to remove their payment. So that's uh, Kraft and Caltrans should seek reimbursement. Kraft said Caltrans should seek reimbursement from agencies, including the city of Tracy, San Joaquin Council of Governments, and Southern California Association of Governments. Uh, They had 627,000 in disallowed information technology, contractor billings, as well as charges that were made after a contract expired. In one case, auditors found that the employee purchased and accepted mulch, M-U-L-C-H, mulch. The mulch valued at $2.5 million. $2.5 million. Accepted mulch. You know what mulch is? Can you imagine to buy 2.5 million mulch? Million dollars? And it did not meet Caltrans specification. Investigations also substantiated complaints in employee misconduct cases that in involved misuse of computers and state vehicles, conflicts of interest, falsification of documents, neglect of duty, 
and misconduct involving harassment, drug and alcohol use. Honestly, people, these people just need to be fired. Though the findings have been turned over to Caltrans disciplinary officials, a report does not disclose details of each case and whether employees involved were reprimanded, suspended, or fired. It's awful hard to get fired. Really awful hard. All right. I think we we covered that enough. There was a a guy, Iranian pastor, Iranian, he considered himself Iranian-American. He became a full citizen here, but he got arrested over in Iran, and he spent over three years in prison. So he went to prison under Barack Obama and when uh, Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, remember? But Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton did not do a thing. This guy did not commit any crimes. They did not do a thing to assist this guy leaving prison. So he eventually he eventually worked his way out. But I don't know whether you remember when the Trump early early on in his campaign campaigner's presidency, he began to talk about this Abedini, Pastor Saeed Abedini. He started talking to him about his life and began to negotiate to get him free. Abedini said the Republican presidential nominee helped provide for the families, for the needs of his family in Boise, Idaho, which he has locked up in an Iranian prison for his faith. The pastor then said something that's kind of startling, but I've, I've read numbers of instances whether Donald Trump took care of a person's transportation needs, their physical needs. He just makes it happen. So the pastor, the Iranian pastor who lives in the United States now, said Trump gave his family the $10,000 while he was imprisoned for three and a half years. So Trump take, took, uh, made a contribution to Saeed's family so they could survive because they had no means of income. Now, I know that the, the Democrats would ignore that and criticize our policies in Afghanistan. But the fact is that the policies that Trump has employed around the world are working they're working in Israel, and they're working in Saigon, Vietnam. They're working. So thank God for for a president that would be so generous to possibly set this young guy free, which is the business of the church, setting people free, right? All right, so uh, – let me see what I want to do here with this, whether there's any more to discuss. Okay. Amazing. This, the guy's amazing. Saeed Abedini. Let me give you another one. Ibrahim Al-Jahim. Ibrahim Al-Jahim. Who is this guy? A Muslim immigrant from Yemen, Yemen, 
who was charged by the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office for allegedly raping a teenage disabled girl outside of a high school in September. Let's see, I think I said girl. I didn't mean to say girl. Allegedly raping a disabled teenager outside a high school in September. I think they wanted to leave this as a mystery, whether it's a male or female. Al Jahim is being charged on two counts of criminal sexual conduct in her first degree in the first degree after he participated in oral sex with the disabled male student. So we have Al Shahim is a male and the student is a disabled male. Al Shahim uh, was a school employee who reportedly used his position of authority to coerce the disabled student into these illicit homosexual acts. Actually, that's the way most homosexual men are brought into the into the herd, is they are jumped in by an older uh, Native American. Al Jahim was a school employee. And he uh, was beginning to use his ability to manipulate students. He testified in court last week about his abuse. He claims that he and Al-Jahim performed oral sex on each other outside Oakland International Academy High School in Hamtramck, Minnesota. Now, who is this guy? Why are we even talking about other than he's just another immigrant committing a crime? Well, he's a well-known Democrat Party activist in the state who regularly hobnobs with liberal elite. He has been seen in photographs. I don't know who you've been photographed with. I haven't been photographed with anybody. But he's been photographed with Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Detroit Mayor Mike Dugan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Congressman Debbie Dingell, Congresswoman or sorry, that's I got that backwards. <clears throat> Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and Congressman Andy Levine and many others. He recently campaigned on behalf of Bernie Sanders during his recent appearance in Hamtramck. Al Jahim is a strong supporter of another <clears throat> representative from their area, Rashida Talib, the socialist far left, uh, one of the Ladies has been stirring it up back there. Both Al-Jahim and Talib support Sanders as Talib was recently seen endorsing Sanders for president at a campaign rally in Detroit. Just thought might be interested in that. We got a pervert. You know, <clears throat> perverts, people that molest people younger than molest disabled students or kids or mentally slow folks or just young people that aren't very mature. They aren't necessarily liberal or conservative, but I think more of them are liberal than conservative. And it's interesting to me that amazing number of immigrants 
illegal immigrants that are perverts, that are molesters, that are pedophiles. And so, and you remember we had a lot of discussion. You remember Wiener, Congressman Wiener, that was sending pictures of his package all around? And Wiener and a bunch of these people back there were involved, uh, pedestrians, remember Tony Podesta? They were involved in pedophile activity. And everybody said, oh, you guys are just conspiracy theorists. But now we got this Epstein guy. Remember that Epstein just was found dead. And they don't know whether he hung himself or somebody else hung him or did Hillary hang him or how did he die? But he was a pedophile. And Clinton was down there 26 different times. And the top people in England were over there molesting young girls, right? I mean, how much more information do you need to know to know that there's pedophilia all throughout this Democrat Party? People just think, oh, I, I don't know. It's just in, That's some phony stuff on the Internet. I don't know, folks. I think it's legit. I think it's legit. So I'm going to be right back, and uh, we got a, another segment coming up here. Let's see. We have um, a little clip I think you'll enjoy on Don Trump, the president of the United States. We'll be right back. Come on! The fake media tried to stop us from going to the White House, but I'm president and they're not. We are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. Their agenda is not your agenda. They want you to think we're all crooked. We're not. It's Russia. And the Russians. And the Russians. Presidency is effectively a Russian op. Political hurricane is out there at sea for him. We'll call it Hurricane Vladimir. U.S. president possibly working for the Russians. Donald Trump has been a Russian intelligence asset since 1987. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. There's outright treason. I mean, there is no question. He has no idea that right. he's going down. Uh, the <laughs> there is a reason why Donald Trump fears Robert Mueller in front of the TV cameras with the nation's attention turned to him. Uh, as I said it, the, uh... it's called a coup d'etat, which is a French for... Part of the uh, just relax, take it easy, take your time. Because of some uh, really, uh, uh, it's much more. Uh, Come on, try getting it out. That's beyond my purview. I'm not gonna speak to that. You can't speak to that.
that embassy to Jerusalem, we could spark a full-on intifada and real people could die? I believe they will. The President of the United States is racist. All of us already knew that. You know how the president, he said, talking about exterminating right. Latinos. Trump believes that his voters are not only okay with a racist president, but that they want a racist president. My mind is real short. Two months ago, I was in a prison cell and I'm in the White House. That's, that's, that's continuing to make America great again. Trump is as destructive a person in this century as Hitler, Stalin, and Mao were in the last century. He may be responsible for many more million deaths than they were. You are fake news. President Trump's fitness for office is now the top story in the country. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. So true. Nobody knows the system better than me. Right. So, uh, San Diego supervisors, I was amazed at this. San Diego's getting kind of liberal, but they got they got some conservative folks down there. But generally, uh, San Diego supervisors, they wanted to take a vote to join a lawsuit that President Trump has uh, and filed against the state of California. And it has to do with being a sanctuary state. And so San Diego County supervisors, there was one missing. He was, he or she were out of the, out of the country. So they voted three to one to support the Trump lawsuit against the California sanctuary laws. And I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but uh, other cities have done this or other counties have also done it. And the reason they've done it is they feel that uh, their state, their overseers in one sense, are doing things that are putting them at risk. In other words, it's interesting to me that that it, it just many of the stuffs. Uh, you know, when the people call liberalism mental illness, honestly, people, it just doesn't make any sense. So, people in these sanctuary cities where you're letting criminals run free. They say that that's the safest place to be. 
and that when you leave, let criminals run free, then Hispanics, this is exactly their logic, then Hispanics will be emboldened by letting the criminals go free. The Hispanics will be emboldened to report crime. But if you enforce the sanctuary state or sanctuary city laws and arrest these illegals, people then will will be afraid to report any crimes. Now, to me, whether they're afraid or not, I don't give a damn. I just think if people are in the country illegally, if people are doing illegal acts in in the current country, we got to go get them and arrest them. And then do something with them. That's just the way it is. It needs to happen. And whether or not that's going to have some side impact, unexpected impacts, let it fly. Just let it fly. I don't really give a rip. So they say that it was a long line debated that that night at the supervisors meeting. But the supervisors, there were four of them. It could have been two to two and it had been a dead issue. No, nope, it was three to one. Let's do it. So they were uh, the Department of Justice filed the lawsuit against the state of California over three laws. SB 54, which was the big one, the law that received the most publicity when it passed, allows officers to turn unauthorized immigrants over to federal officials uh, only, only if they have committed crimes listed in the legislation. It says local police cannot participate in task task forces that are focused on immigrant information. Totally. I think the thing is unconstitutional. It's totally a bogus law. Uh, Then Assembly Bill 103, it prohibits local governments across California from adding new contracts with the government for civil immigration detention or expanding old ones. In other words, they can't build any more detention facilities or allow take or use facilities for civil immigration detention. And you can't expo- ex- uh, expand what you already have. It also requires the Attorney General's Office of the State to monitor conditions of the existing detention centers. Uh, And then AB 450 prohibits employers. This is amazing. Prohibits employers from voluntarily allowing immigration officials into a non-public areas of the workplace unless the officers have judicial warrants. Several critics of the lawsuit cited a study by UC San Diego professor Tom Wong. I'm not going to go into all that. The fact is that college campuses, including our college campus right out here by Marysville called Yuba College, they are sanctuary campuses. And I have read, I don't have it in front of me, but I've read the memo many times that was sent out to all the the, uh, employees at the college saying to them that they do not want them to inquire or turn anybody in that is an illegal uh, person in the country illegally. They do not want them to get involved in that. And they don't, if they, if it comes up as a topic, they do not want them turned in period. Um, all right. So let's see. This, 
just kind of get one of the one of the speakers was a guy named Cyrus Hojati, a 25 year old Las Vegas resident whose family is from Iran. This is at the San Diego City Council meeting. And uh, Cyrus said that California's policies were embarrassing and disgusting. He said his parents did it the right way. In other words, they waited their turn. They became legitimate citizens. Uh, They went through all the hoops, got all the permissions, and um, now their kids are citizens. Uh, All right. I think... uh, I think that should probably do this right here. We got plenty of time here, so we're doing good today. All right. Um, so it was a Sandy, not San Diego City Council, but a San Diego County Supervisor. Now, a question I would have about that: voting to join the Trump lawsuit. Now, here's a couple things I think that you know when people hear me talk or they read what I write. Sometimes I'll say, Lou, I just don't know what to do. I feel helpless. I don't know. I don't know how to go about it. And I don't think it makes any difference anyway. Let me tell you, uh, everything makes a difference. Everything makes a difference. You doing nothing's making a difference. So you can do a number of things. You can register to vote. You can register and you could sign to recall the governor. You can make sure that you vote in every single election that you have the opportunity, uh, you any election you have the opportunity to take part in, right? Um, you can ask your supervisor. You can write a letter or an email to your supervisor if you want to save a stamp, asking them if they would vote to join uh, the lawsuit of Donald Trump against the state of California because the state at the state level has gone renegade. It's gone rogue and it's violating federal law is what it's doing. It's preventing the immigration and customs service people ice from doing their job or its job. So um, the County of San Diego will file what they call an amicus a M I C U S brief at the first available opportunity, likely if and when the case moves to higher court on appeal, said Supervisor Kristen Gaspar. So uh, you can talk to the supervisors or a supervisor and ask them if they would be willing to file an amicus brief uh, at the first opportunity to support Donald Trump's lawsuit against the state of California uh, telling them to stop getting in the way of ICE and and mandating that they cooperate with federal authorities. They're just working against federal government. It's just like the deep state is working to get the federal government any chance, any chance it, it can. It's just really disgusting. So you can do something about that. You can get your supervisors or maybe even the city council could take a stand and say, we don't want to have uh, a sanctuary state influence our situation. Because what's happening is without 
a lawsuit from the federal government to the state, if you withdraw or resist the state, they will punish you. You understand that? They will punish you. So uh, we have an opportunity to make a difference. You can do something. You can write your legislator. You can write the governor. You can recall the governor. You can talk to your local supervisors and city council people and say, why aren't you taking a stand? You know, it's interesting up here in the North State, all these people when they run for office, oh, I'm conservative. Oh, yes, I believe in the Second Amendment. Oh, yes, we need a wall. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Then when you ask them to actually put their pen to paper, where city after city is starting to say, we're not a sanctuary city. We don't want to be that. Now, the other thing that's happening is there's sanctuary cities that are developing over the Second Amendment. And the same question could be brought to the city council. Why couldn't you become a Second Amendment uh, city where you would handle your gun laws totally, totally different? It just eliminates that. So how would that help? That would help by if you had less and less people in trouble with the government over their guns, not that they shot them, it would release more and peop- more people if you change these laws. What happened is people that were not criminals, they were good salt-of-the-earth type people, were made criminals by woke legislation that now said you can't go down and buy a box of shells, or you can't go down with that gun Joe gave you because that gun is now illegal, and so they're going to arrest you. They've created so many laws that people that were once honest, law-abiding citizens are now criminals. And now they're going to forcefully take weapons from them. Well, it says here, some criticize support for the Trump administration lawsuit as racist, while others pointed out that despite... Um, San Diego's diverse population, none of the supervisors are a person of color. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? I find the liberals very interesting. They call Trump a racist, but they don't have any people of color on the city council. It's a fascinating, it's a fascinating thing. The other thing that I find interesting is that a sophomore in high school, Thunberg, can... Cl- can talk as if she's an expert on climate change. It's nuts. Or some gal that's white and is a wannabe black can just begin to dye her hair and put on dark, darker makeup to make her look like a a mixed race gal. And so people today are deciding I'm black, but they aren't black. They're white. If you look at their DNA, they don't have any black in there. But people are deciding to be a a white, a black. They decide to be uh, a woman when they're a man, a man when they're a woman. It's just, it's every single day you hear bizarre stuff like that. And now they want to, now they want to teach sex ed in the schools. That includes gender discussion and have people come in that uh, 
are transgender and have story hours. I think the goal in school was just to confuse kids as much as we can. What do you think? Just confuse the dog out of them. Just say, Mom, I'm so confused. I'm just going to go smoke some weed. Put some leftovers out for me. Incredible. Just totally incredible what's going on. Uh, all right. Let me look here. Oh, I wanted to say we just got about five minutes here before this next break. I wanted to mention that. Did you know uh, this last fiasco with Colin take a knee Kaepernick? And and he went it was he was supposed to do a tryout with the NFL and they started arguing over it. And the NFL wanted to do it at this major Atlanta stadium, whether it's where they play football, I don't know. But Kaepernick switched it up to a high school later and then kind of pulled off some sort of a media event. And so it seems like uh, once and for all that the uh, NFL may be done with Kaepernick. Now, the interesting thing to me, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong. I thought the NFL was pretty well attended up until the day that Kaepernick took the knee. Now, every once in a while on my news feed, on my computer, it shows the previous Sundays, maybe say it's Tuesday or Wednesday. It'll show photographs of every NFL game and a shot of the stands, like you're away, you know, way you're back. And so you can actually see the kind of whole contour and uh, horizon of the stands. And you could see how many empty seats there are. And I'm telling you, some of those, it's like 50% of the seats or more are not being filled. And so it's pretty interesting if you think, well, wait a minute now. I mean, some of those, some of those uh, stands look like a junior high school uh, attendance or junior college attendance. Usually the big colleges they have <clears throat> big crowds, maybe up to eighty or hundred thousand. I don't think. I I just don't. I just. This is what I think. People are wondering what people believe in this country, and I think Kaepernick's maneuver so pissed off people that love this country and believe they ought to respect the flag and respect the national anthem because that we have firefighters, cops, sheriff, CHP, people in all kinds of law enforcement, FBI, as well as the military, the different branches of the military that are protecting us every day and they protecting the integrity and freedom of this country. And to disrespect them when you're making say that you're you're going to sac you're really sacrificing and you're putting your life on the line when you're making 15 million a year or something like that or more is just ludicrous. Now, I, I started talking about people <clears throat> that they just say, well, yeah, I'm a guy, but I'm really a gal. I'm a black, but I'm really a white. And Kaepernick says, <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm really filthy rich but I really identified with those who have nothing and are suffering, right? 
And then people give him all kinds of credit because he gives $25,000 towards some philanthropic effort. But if Trump, who is is not spending any of his own salary, and it actually costs a lot of his own money to become president, he gets nothing but grief uh, from his decision to give – he has to take the money, the 100000 every quarter, 400000 a year. He has to take the money, so he decided to take it and give it to key departments in his administration. You think, oh, that's not going to help these big departments with $40 million or $20 million budget. So why give them anything? Why didn't you just go down and buy ice cream with it? You know something? People are just so screwy, so screwy. They've lost their minds. There's a spirit of stupid on the entire nation. And so uh, what we have is Trump, uh, any any move he makes uh, is seen as self-serving. And uh, people just hate him. When you just hate somebody, it doesn't matter what they do. They could bring you flowers, send you $100, give you a free massage. You'd still hate them. You just hate them, hate them, hate them. You cannot see anything they ever do right because your your eyes are so full of poison and bitterness and revenge, and you were just, you're a socialist. <clears throat> you just want people to tell you what to do. Want people to tell you what to do. Well, we're going to be back here in a minute. Uh, let's see, this is our third segment, and uh, we're going into our fourth, but I, I, uh, I'll wrap it up right here, and we're going to, uh, I'm going to play you a clip that uh, says 58% of Bernie Sanders supporters believe this. So I want you to think what that is. And uh, we're going to be right back in just a couple minutes, just so I can have a drink of coffee here, and then we'll be right back. Okay. A shocking new survey from the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen Reports reveals an alarming trend among young people and Democrats in our nation. Evidently, liberals no longer believe in free speech. According to this new survey, 37% of young people say government should ban speech that the majority of people believe to be offensive. 48% of the people who said that government should ban so-called offensive speech said anybody who engages in offensive speech should be thrown in jail. 38% of these people said Americans who engage in offensive speech should be banned from holding public office, like serving in Congress. And that's not all. Bernie Sanders supporters have the most tyrannical ideas of all about abolishing free speech. According to this survey, 51% of people who have a very favorable view of Bernie Sanders think government should ban so-called offensive speech. 58% of people with very favorable views of Bernie Sanders say anybody who engages in offensive speech should face jail time. 61% of Bernie supporters say if you engage in offensive speech, you should be banned from holding public office. In other words, these people want authoritarianism. Government tyranny is the lifeblood of every one of the Democrats' radical leftist policies, 
We can go through them. Medicare for all, government dictates your health care. You get no choice. The Green New Deal, government punishes you for eating red meat and makes you tear down your ungreen house. Private businesses are forced by the government to violate their Christian religious beliefs or else the government forces them out of business. Taxpayers are forced by the government to fund abortion up until the moment of birth, even if citizens believe abortion is morally wrong. Government under the left confiscates legally owned firearms from law abiding citizens and then tells us it's for our own good. A snooping government surveillance state snoops on the private phone records of journalists that they don't like and then releases that private information to the public. Doctors and counselors and therapists and religious folks are penalized for standing up for scientific fact and saying there are only two genders. And now this. They want jail time for people who engage in speech that triggers snowflakes. The point of free speech is to protect your right to say things that I think are stupid. In fact, I find it stupid and offensive that you want to violate my right to free speech and throw people in jail for saying dumb stuff. But I don't try to throw you in jail for your dumb speech because that's the beauty of the First Amendment. You can say whatever you want. And if we let government infringe on our right to free speech, sooner or later, the government will come for you. The government will ban your speech. Sooner or later, there will be some government bureaucrat who thinks your opinions are offensive and bam, you will be silenced by the government. Is that what you want? Well, I came to the river And I took a look around There were old men's shoes There were needles on the ground All right. Well, we're moving forward here. I'm going to talk to you about taxes for a bit and but before i get there i want to talk uh, about a couple of our folks that take care of us help us stay on the air to run a podcast there's a few a few expenses they're not huge <clears throat> but uh the biggest expense is i have a techie that works with me that takes care of help putting together after i talk he helps put together the rest of the show that uh elements that i give him he puts it all together puts it on the internet but you have to pay for you know a place to lodge all these podcasts and computers and, you know, there's some expenses, not huge, but, uh, anyway, uh, we have a few people that want to help me do that. And so I, uh, am glad that, that they're well, that they're interested in helping and willing to help. So one is I mentioned earlier that you can get your recall petitions at their business at elite universal security at 5548 feather river Boulevard. In uh, Yuba County, south of Marysville, their number is 530-749-0280. You can look at their website, which is pretty interesting. <clears throat> He's got two. One is api-academy.com. That's for their schooling because they will actually put you through school in their office building, teaching you how to be um, a guard, whether armed or unarmed. Uh, a security guard, and you could come to work for them. They want to put you to work. Or you could uh, call them if you're having problems with people. I hear people around here all the time. They're getting the farmers are getting their copper stoled right off their, right off their, uh, like their pumps and stuff. They have copper wire that comes off the power pole. 
and these people are slick enough to cut all the power off, then they go and recycle it, or they steal products, or they steal the gas, or do this or that. If you want to stop that, if you want to stop people taking what rightfully belongs to you, you can call Elite Universal Security. But if you go to api-academy.com, you can see what they have going on in their schooling. Some of it is online schooling. Some of it is in the office. EliteUniversalSecurity.com tells all the jobs they have up and down the state, the North State. So you can check them out there. Uh, I mean, Butte County, Lathrop, Sacramento County, uh, Yuba Sutter, up. And actually, I know they're working up in Southern Oregon as well. So wherever you're catching this, they if you need a job, um, they say on their website, security work is a great stepping stone for anyone looking to go into law enforcement. In security work, people learn uh, about proper documentation and building good public relations. There are plenty. Uh, there are people currently working in the security field <clears throat> while going to school for criminal justice or law enforcement. So they also have, uh, if you're thinking about getting a weapon for Christmas, uh, you can go to their class on December. Uh, actually, this will be too late. December 14, 15. You could probably collect, catch the 15th class, the December 15th. But December 14th, by the time you hear this, uh, you be too late for this class. But uh, December 28, 29th, same routine. That cl- there'll be a class, firearms class, uh, on December 28th. And then... Uh, on December 29th will be range day for concealed weapon or exposed firearms, both initial and requalifications. So if you get a little confused on that, you can just call them up and ask them, hey, I can't, you know, uh, can I come in tomorrow the 15th and requalify without going to class? Maybe you can. I don't know. I don't know all the rules. So um, anyway, uh, you can check out. Um, that's Monty Hecker at Elite Universal Security. The other person that is uh, a great friend, a longtime friend of mine, in fact, his wife and he just uh, put on the amazing play, Mary Mary. I, I uh, was pushing it here on the radio, <clears throat> and uh, it was it was awesome. It was totally awesome. Had a big crowd. Uh, the... The night I was there it was a good-sized crowd, a few hundred people, and uh, very fun, very interesting, well done. I, the, I really, I loved. I there was a first grader and, and a fourth grader, a couple fourth graders or third graders, sitting on the floor up in front of the front seats in the uh, theater, and um, you know, kids are always looking at their phones or their apparatus or their tablets now. And they're, you know, they're just out of it. They're not paying attention to life. And those kids on that live play uh, and singing and dancing and drama, they were totally captivated by that. It was just like incredible. They didn't hardly move. They just were focused and absorbing every move, uh, every uh, just Every provocative event, they were like totally stoked. And it was so refreshing to see that because when kids look at their 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 electronic devices, they just look like zombies to me. 
and I don't think it's good for the brain. I was so thrilled to see the impact on young people. So uh, Dave Green, it's construction. Uh, there's no finer remodeler in town. Go, You know, I, it's amazing to me when people are new to the area and they just take a risk on calling somebody or calling somebody off an ad on, off somewhere or they see a truck going down the street and they risk like they're going to spend 10, 15, 20, 30, $40,000, right? And once it's screwed up, it's kind of screwed up and then the, your deal falls all apart and you forget that people don't want to pay. And then just, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Then you end up lawsuits. Uh, it's just trouble. And so you really want to make sure you pick the contractor that has a great reputation, not a good reputation, but a great reputation who is going to do it like you want to do it. Color is going to be right. The color, the products are going to be right. The flooring, the tile, countertops, fixtures, it's got to be perfect, you know. That's the way we do things. That's a classy way to do things. So green is construction, green with ETZ on the end, construction.com. You can go there, check out all their work, before and afters on kitchens and baths. It'll blow your mind. Uh, I don't, I mean, I'm not, you don't have to take my word for it. Just go check it out, why don't you? And then you can email them if you're a millennial. I know, you're handicapped. You can't talk to people. You're so screwed up. You've been raised like a sissy, uh, you know, raised in a bubble. You don't even know what real life is about. You can email them off that uh, website, and or you could call them. If you're of the di- later generation, you can call them at 530-682-9602, 682-9602. And uh, I'll tell you, they'll answer the phone, and the boss is going to answer, the owner. David Greenitz is going to answer the phone most of the time. I I don't think I've ever an, called and got anybody else. You either get him or his answering machine. He calls you right back. And when he's going to make an appointment with you, you better remind yourself because he's going to be there on that day. So check it out and um, get get something that you're going to be proud of for many, 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 many years. So. I I told you about that. Let me see if it, where are we going to go here. Oh, I was going to talk about taxes. That's what I was going to talk about. So let me jump down here. I was at a, uh, we had a trauma intervention program dinner, appreciation dinner for all the volunteers. We go out on 911 calls to assist survivors and to assist the emergency responders when it's really gnarly. And uh, so when I was at the dinner, there was a discussion took place, and they were talking about the Yuba College. Yuba College is a junior college here in our area, Yuba Sutter counties, but it's also, they have satellite campuses in a number of other counties surrounding Yuba Sutter. Their initial campus was in Yuba County. That's why they call it Yuba College. But now they have other campuses like in Calusa County and Sutter County and Yolo County. And so something's happening, folks. And and um, so anyway, let me, before I go, go into that, I, w- I was at this dinner that we put on for all the volunteers in December of each year just to thank them and have a meal together and gift exchange and go home, celebrate. 
And one of the folks there told me that Yuba College, which in in Yuba County is located out on North Beale Road, and basically the whole campus was right there unless they had a little, some some classrooms out at Beale Air Force Base just a little bit east of them. But I guess a couple of years ago, and I remember reading it in the paper, they decided that they were going to move their administrative offices, which are right, if you look at the campus from North Beale Road, it was a flat top building right in the front. Just like if you were driving into a big plant or whatever, you'd come to this one building first, and that was the administration building. I don't know. I can't remember what the problem was. Maybe they ran out of space, but they moved to uh, the 400 block of Pluma Street in in what is uh, primarily Sutter North Medical down there, and the veterans. There's a veterans clinic. Uh, small veterans hospital and there's a a number of Sutter North medical buildings of various types and Sutter there's a Sutter hospital and so Yuba College moved their offices over there and they told me and I can't remember the exact amount but it was over three hundred thousand dollars for every year they have to pay for this office isn't that a lot of money to you it's a lot of money probably over 20 some thousand dollars a month rent or lease. And Yuba College is saying they're out of money and they want more bonds. Now, the interesting thing to me, I've had to think of this for a while. I've been thinking about it. How you think about it with me. Go back to before we organize counties and cities and stuff. So you had money and you hopefully you had enough money and you had enough money to eat and maybe build yourself a small house or a cabin. And so over the years, you saved money, you scrimped, you worked, you, you tried to raise some animals. You did what you cut timber, whatever you did, trapped, worked with uh, horseshoes, you know, took care of horses. Um, and you earned a keep and you spent your money and for wise things, right? So the Bible says uh, that the borrower's servant to the lender, and it advises against against borrowing. And without knowing the Bible, my father used to lecture me, not lecture, he really wasn't a pushy guy or lecturer, but he said enough to educate me about not borrowing money. In other words, if you couldn't if if you couldn't pay cash and afford it, then you couldn't afford it. So don't don't expect to add more money, more money, more money to owe down the line. Because usually the payout is so long down the line on some things that the car's worn out by the time you get there. Five year payments and stuff. So his advice was listen, if you can't if you don't have money in the pocket, don't don't spend anything. Wait. But what's happened is in our government <clears throat> is that our government was formed to protect the people. That was a primary reason for government was to protect people's person and their property, the two P's, person and property. And all the rest of this stuff is foo for all. And so they take our money 
forcefully in taxes. We don't make a contribution like you do at church. I mean, sometimes I think some churches would like to tax the people. <clears throat> but in church, it's voluntary. You contribute. If you don't like how things are going, you don't contribute. If you really don't like things are going, you leave. And so in our government, they decide, they being the representative, decide that they're going to levy a tax on everybody or on certain people if they make enough money or if they have certain kind of habits. In other words, they pick and chooses who they're going to punish with taxes. So if you smoke, you, gotta, you, you get a smoking tax. I don't have to pay that because they don't smoke. If you drink, you pay out a drink tax. I don't drink alcohol, so I don't pay that tax. I'm trying to avoid all I can and still have some fun. So what they're doing is taxing people to fund the budget of the projects that they have going on. Okay? So this has been going, getting bigger. The government's getting bigger. They're building more buildings and more buildings. I just saw a building, I don't know if it was Sacramento, that said they're building a building, a structure for legislators where every legislator will have at least one window. It It's just, we just lost our total, we lost our minds. And so they levy all these taxes. So, so then they take it into a, what they call a general fund. And then they turn around and they dis- distribute it to the various needs of the uh, of the community, and they just have some wild things. They're spending it on studying chipmunks that are on cocaine if they still like to have sex or not. They're just a- amazing uh, deals. If you eat enough, like Fruit Loops, like what will it do to you over thirty days? Or study the alcohol habits of Chinese prostitutes. I mean, it's just the, they, the people have to be on psychedelic drugs to make the decisions they're making. And so they take this money and they give it a certain amount to the schools. Well, the schools, they make uh, contracts with teachers. And most of the money that they make is going to pay for teachers' salaries. And benefits. And the big word in capital letters and bold is benefits. And that's retirement. And the agreement with the unions, it's just amazing to me, but they just keep agreeing to spend more and more money on retirements and pay. And we can't afford what they're paying now. That's why these school districts are going broke. I don't know whether I'll get it to it today, but the Sacramento City School District. Uh, is done. It's broke. It's totally broke. And and the uh, and one of the leaders in the school district said we're broke because essentially the union is has their hand in the till, and they're they're calling the shots down here, and they just suck that thing bl- dry. They suck that money right out of that school district. They're billions of dollars in debt, and so. Instead of taking the money that was given to them by the legislature, and if they want more, go back and ask for it, they turned around like all these cities and counties are, and they're not happy with the amount of money that they're making off their various revenue streams. 
and taxes, sales taxes and stuff. So they're going back and they're they're taxing the people themselves. So that's what these school bonds are. That's what these 1% sales tax increases are. All that money stays right here locally and it does not go down to Sacramento. And so the Yuba College in 2006 floated all these bonds, floated them. What I mean by floated them is that they uh, they put them up for a vote and people thought, well, Yuba College is in terrible shape. Now, why is it in terrible shape? They say, well, the roof's leaking. Now, when I my roof leaks, uh, I do not go out and ask my neighbors for some money. I pay, I go and I, first thing I do is call my friends who know the good roofers. And then I have them come over and I have them fix my roof. I have the money in the bank to do that because I knew someday I was going to need my roof fixed. But at Yuba College, they don't put any money aside for roofing or for removing old funky paint or for updating technology. They don't think ahead on those things. They just pay all the money out in salaries and utilities. And then if they have any big needs like repairing the campus or putting up a new building, they got to go and beg the taxpayers for more taxes. Now, I think that's ridiculous. I can't go when I'm out of money and go up and down the street like these guys with placards saying, I'll work for food. Uh, I'm not going to do that. And I don't think people should do that and should be allowed to do that. But that's essentially what they're doing. Now, it's interesting now they're going to have voters in some counties, just a few voters, like 63 voters in Placer County, 256 voters in Butte County, Yolo County, 16,000 voters, Sutter County, 46,000, 34,000, Yuba County, 9,000 in Calusa County, and those are the ones that are going to vote on this bond. Now, they passed a bond in 2006. In 2006, that we have four bonds, and it's a fantastic amount of money, and we still owe like $190 million on these bonds, and they're not coming due. We're going to be paying on them through 2046, 2031, 2050, and 2039. That's four different bonds. It's just, it's crazy the amount of money that, that they're asking. And now they're asking on the, in 2020, they're going to want another $228 million bonds. And you know how much the payback is on it? You know what I mean by payback? It's like when you pay the debt back in payments plus interest, it's double it's double what we're taking. Isn't that crazy? What if every time you borrowed any money, it doubled the price of whatever product you were buying? Right? So if it's a pair of pants at $10, you had to pay $20. Somebody asked you, how much you pay for that? Oh, $10. You really paid 20 because you borrowed the money. And so these, super, these uh, <clears throat> trustees of these school districts are exasperated because they don't have any control of the union. The salaries are ridiculous. The pensions are ridiculous. It people don't. And, and the fact is, in fact, I have a, uh, 
I have a Dan Walters article right here. It says tax exhaustion may be on the horizon, but we're going to have to wait. We're in the, in, in, uh, at the end of our fourth segment, so uh, <clears throat> we'll come back and just I just need to get something on my throat here, and uh, we're going to have this is a great clip. Don't miss this. Why Candace Owens is calling for a blackout of the Democrat Party. We'll, <clears throat> we'll be right back. I got to read retool my voice and then uh, we'll get it on here. Uh, you say that black Americans have essentially been hoodwinked into thinking that they don't have a choice but to be liberal Democrats. Why are they wrong? I very deeply believe that there is tons of proof to say that black Americans, once we were physical slaves of a Democrat party, and I say of a Democrat party because at the time of, of the Civil War, not a single Republican in this country owned a slave. And, and now we have ideological slavery where they've essentially, they've tricked us into believing that we have freedom when really um, they've gotten us addicted to government, addicted to government handouts. Uh, we see the breakdown of family, the climb of illiteracy rates, the climb of abortion rates, all of this harming the black family. So, I mean, I'm, I'm making a case here that black Americans need to wake up and once again escape the Democrat plantations. You were once a Democrat yourself. So what was that turning point, the light that came on for you? What really happened for me was that after I got all out of all the brainwashing from our education system, which plays a big role in brainwashing black Americans against our own best interests, I started to ask myself, is it possible that racism is now being used as a theme to turn black people into single issue voters? And of course, the answer is yes. They keep us emotional so that we don't think rationally about the fact that their policies just don't serve us. The, the, uh, the movement that you created, Blexit, uh, very clever, coming kind of after the Brexit movement of uh, the UK. But it really is about uh, black Americans exiting the Democrat Party. Uh, I, I would say not just to become Republican, but to become more independent-minded, to think for themselves and to ask, why do I support this person or why do I not support this person? What kind of reaction did you have from uh, black Americans when you started Blexit? You know, before I started Blexit, it was really ugly territory. I was called all the typical names that a black conservative gets called uh, when you have the audacity to think for yourself. And not just think for yourself, but to speak out for yourself. But then something started to change, and there's something changing in this country, and I've called this early. Black Americans are waking up. Um, and, and they started being grateful to me. When I walk down the street, you know, I live here in D.C., black Americans come up to me and they say, um, thank you so much for waking me up. They're realizing that they've been sleeping at the wheel. Um, and really what I'm saying is just to embrace your futures. You, you can be in the driving seat um, of your future. Let's talk about the fact that uh, the Democratic Party is supposed to be the party of diversity. But right now, there's not a, a single... A uh, black person on that Democrat stage, Kamala Harris is gone. Cory Booker didn't qualify for the most recent debate that's coming up. So all in the name of diversity, there just isn't a lot of diversity. I don't understand why people can't look at that and say, maybe there's something not quite right here. You know what they actually hate? 
diversity of thoughts. And, and I'm a great example of that. They routinely attack me and they try to assassinate my character as they do to all black conservatives that came before me. You'll see people use the excuse, you know, Candace, you get attacked because you support Trump and I don't like Trump. I say, really? Then what was the excuse when it was Condoleezza Rice, right? What was the excuse when it was Clarence Thomas? Um, what about every other black conservative that came before me? It's because they do not like diversity of thought. They think that they own black ideas and they're about to be in for a rude awakening because I predict that in 2020, the black vote will swing 20 points in the other direction. Speaking of the, uh, the black vote, big election next year for president. President Trump four years ago said, what have you got to lose? And he challenged African-Americans to vote for him because he said the policies of the Democrats have led them to very high unemployment rates. Recent numbers have come out just this week. Uh, best numbers ever of employment in the past 50 years, best ever for African-Americans. I mean, shouldn't many black Americans wake up and say, wait a minute, the, you know, I may not like this president, what he says or what he does or the way he says it, but by golly, it's worked out a lot better for me uh, than the policies of the left. We are thinking that, and that's why you're seeing these polls. And think about how amazing these polls are. Over the last three years, the left has called everything racist. They could not have said the word racist more. I think somebody calculated that over one week, CNN had said the word racist something like 1,200 times, which is pointedly ridiculous. I read an article accusing air oxygen of being racist and harming black and Hispanic Americans. You know what's happening? The left is again overplaying their hand. I'm anxious to find out, have you uh, been invited to be on MSNBC or CNN to talk about uh, your book, Blackout? Are they going to let you on and, and really practice some level of diversity of thought? I'm going to guess no, hope yes. They don't tend to let me on those networks because, um, of course, I make a lot of sense. Um, and they can't use their normal tricks, right? Usually they shut down people by saying, oh, you don't understand uh, because you aren't black or you don't understand because you're a man. Well, of course, you know, I sit at the top of the progressive stack. They've created a world where you can't really insult a black American woman uh, that's out speaking about her freedom. So they don't want to put me in the room because I expose them for what they are and what they are is a bunch of frauds. You've spoken to over 60 college campuses. I know sometimes it's been controversial. You've had the protesters. But do you see any hope on the university campuses of America that maybe at least some of these students are waking up, that they're being overwhelmed with nonsense? And is there hope? Give me some. I'm asking you, I think. Is there hope on the academic front out there? There is hope. I see hope every single day. And why I love to go to these college campuses is because I like when they attack me. I like to expose them. We live in the age of social media. I have a ton of followers. If conservatives are so hateful, why aren't we the ones showing up trying to shut down liberal speech? It always works the other way. You see, if I see someone that I disagree with, I want to debate them. I want to hand them a megaphone because I believe that my ideas are better. It's a great way for us to conclude uh, a wonderful conversation. Candace. thank you so much. Delighted to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you can pre-order Blackout right now from your favorite bookseller, and I hope you will. You can also join the Blexit movement at Blexit.com and BlexitFoundation.org. Be sure to watch or listen to The Candace Owens Show on PragerU.com. Now, also remember that you can follow Candace on Instagram at Real Candace Owens and on Twitter at Real Candace O.
All right. So I was talking about taxes, and I had to look up an article here I wrote a couple weeks ago for the Territorial Dispatch. You can find it on the uh, on my website at nohostagesradio.com, and it is on no, the November 28th, no, more bonds, more taxes, or bust. And what's happening is that city after city, district after district, school district, are going bust or broke. And the reason is, is they simply have overspent and overspent and overspent, and they've overspent so much that someone once said when I used to do financial counseling is, is giving a person that can't manage their money more and more money just mean, it doesn't mean you're going to solve their bankruptcy or they're going to debt. Something needs to change in how they manage their money. Otherwise, we're just going to go and broke, go broke more often or deeper worse. And so to give money to a person going bankrupt is not a good thing to do. You think you're doing a friendly thing? It's not a good thing to do. Loan money to a guy that can't manage his money. That's bad juju right there. So, um, but what's happened is we judge our government different than we judge our own budget. We could not do what the government is doing at home or we would end up living in the river bottoms. But since the government can just continually take more money from us to bail themselves out, and then they, they played hide-and-seek. Hide and I'll give you an example. A friend of mine, they were, they're trying to figure out what is going on at Yuba College. Why do they want in uh, 2006, they want, uh, let's see how much is it in this article somewhere. Um, they had a couple hundred million dollars they won in 2006, okay? And now they want, they want another couple hundred dollars, a couple hundred million dollars more. So what, what's happening here? I'm just looking back through my notes. <clears throat> um, I'm reading this article that I wrote to see if I can pull, pull a couple figures out. So the Yuba College is asking on March 3rd, 2020, for the voters to okay them uh, issuing another $228.4 million bonds. And the payback is almost double. It's just incredible cost to pay these back. It just, it's just, it's $412 Now, taxpayers still owe on bonds that were issued in 2006. We still owe $191 million. Why are we going out and getting another $228.4 million and then we'll owe $412 million? That puts us, uh, that puts us over 600, that's $603 million we owe to repair and it's the question somebody brought up to me the other day. It said, Lou, doesn't the school system set aside money for capital expenditures and money for maintenance, like paint, new glass, uh, repairing electrical uh, outlets or repairing lighting? It's just incredible. They just, they're just spending all their budget on something else. 
The fact is that they're not, if they don't have enough money, then maybe we shouldn't have as many colleges. Just have few and fill them up, pack them up. Instead of having so many of them, just have fewer of them. Right now, the uh, said in 1965-66, community colleges received 38% of all higher education funding from the state, and, and uh, with the state colleges got 25%, and the university system got 37%. But now they get much more. They get much more than that. They get the, the majority of the money is going to junior colleges. And so the question is why? So when you when you go down and you, you spend over three hundred thousand dollars for administrative offices, now here's an here's an interesting thing. When I went to Marysville High School, I was aware of how many students we had in the school. I was I was aware of it. It was a common number that we all knew, like there was two thousand something, right? And we were overcrowded, the word was. And uh, so I never had any problem with that. And so, uh, and then I know how many people live in Yuba Sutter counties, Yuba City and Marysville. I know how many people live here, the population. If you, so if you ran a business, do you think you would know, like I had a friend, I have a friend that has a manufacturing business. I said, how many employees you have? And he quoted me a number off the top of his head. Boom. He didn't even have to think about it. He just quoted, boom, 95 or something like that. So the question was asked at Yuba College the other day, how many students are enrolled? And no one could answer the question. Or no one would was willing to answer the question. Because the question then begs another question. And my next question would be, how much excess capacity do you have in the schoolrooms to put more butts in the pews, right? Why do we need another building and, an, and another meeting hall if we're not filling this meeting hall? And then, you know, the other thing is that d did you notice that about a year ago or so, the legislature passed a bill to give free education to all uh, incoming freshman college students who had never been to college before, for novices, virgins, college virgins. And uh, I thought, I wonder why they're doing that, right? It's like, is it just this socialist thing that all schools should be free? It, you know, nothing is free. But it's going to be free to the student. My feeling is most students abuse school because they don't pay for it. Right? You ever heard of the thing like if you don't pay anything for it, you don't think it's worth anything. And you, you flit it away. You play with it. You don't get serious about it. But if you have to go down there and chunk down a grand, you, you're pretty more, you, you get more serious about it, right? Tuition. You pay tuition. So in the, the recent... <clears throat> Uh, argument for for the uh, bond is well, you know the the cost of the college system is so high, the university and the state college that Yuba College is the best buy. Well, when I when I heard they're going to give free tuition. By the way, illegal aliens get absolutely free, and actually, we will pay their their fee for their DACA. Uh, to to extend their DACA certificate, 
which is hundreds of dollars. Did you know that? It's just unbelievable. The school system pays their fee to be in this country. It used to be that immigrants that wanted to come from, in fact, one day I bought a car from a guy out at Yuba College for a dealership I was working for. He had it advertised in a paper. He was from like Saudi Arabia, and there were dorms out there at that time at Yuba College. He was living out there from Saudi Arabia, going to school here. I thought, well, how, that's amazing. And uh, <clears throat> But at that time, we were charging out-of-country, out-of-state tuition for all these people and making a lot of money. So now we're just we're just given free tuition. And I thought, well, there is it's free to the student, but that means the taxpayer's got to pick up the tab. Now, there's no mention in any of this literature to sell the bond to the voters that the big problem is pensions, teachers' pensions. We can't afford them. That we need more money for teachers' pensions. They list a lot of needs in there. Oh, we're going to put a roof on. We're going to expand this. We're going to have more trades, trade training, like welding and things like that. Trades, training in the trades. And... um, but but what I wrote in this article just a couple weeks ago is California is unique among the 50 states. And usually it's unique. It used to be unique in all the positive ways. It is not unique now because the people interested in attending junior college is slumping, and it has been for 20 years. I wonder if that's the reason the legislature said, we're going to make it free. How easy can you make it? The only easier way is just you don't have to go. We'll just <clears throat> just sign up and we'll give you the units and you can go home and you won't even have to attend a class. That'd be easier, right? So it says in my article, California has been investing in higher education more than the rest of the nation. But the fact is, the attendance has been dropping off. People are not wanting for some reason to attend junior colleges here. It may just be too expensive to live here, right? In California. So they're going, they're leaving the state and going elsewhere. A lot of my friends that are young people that could attend college are leaving the state and they're working. They're already working. They just skip school. So, uh, what, what, uh, in the newspaper, December 11th, Dan Walters, tax exhaustion may be on the horizon. And he lists several tax initiatives or ballot measures that were defeated because whereas before they were passed. And he says, I think people are getting fed up. I hope they are. But to me, the whole financing, it's just a an elite operation out there at Yuba, Col- Yuba College. And they moved, they're spending like $25,000, $30,000 a month on their, their administration building down here that they use on Plumas Street. I'm assuming they're going to claim they outgrew the old administration building out there at Yuba College. I don't know. But whether they did or not, it's not my job to live according to their means. That's their job. They're getting paid one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year to figure all that out. Some of them making three hundred thousand dollars a year out there. Uh, 
they're supposed to figure that out and live according to their means and figure out how they can maintain the, to to say that we have to go out and borrow money to roof those places is nonsense that's bad management to say that we got to borrow money to put in new sprinkler systems or remodel a bathroom or paint the building or whatever put in new lighting that is ridiculous there should be money being set aside every single year to remodel that place, knowing that we're going to have to remodel that place. The other thing is we need to get out from under the Davis-Bacon rules uh, uh, that we got to pay union wages. We should we we should be able to pay minimum wage if we wanted or any wage we wanted. <clears throat> there should not be any limit or or guidance from the government on how much we have to pay. That's forcing money out of taxpayers' pockets into union pockets. It's it's totally ridiculous. So you're going to see that bond, and you're going to see all kinds of ads on how they're going to change the world out there at Yuba College. And the fact is that they, I'm all for it, change the world. <clears throat> but do it on, on your own. To me, they're getting way more money than they, they should have. If the new bond requests, listen, what good parent would saddle their son or daughter with debt going out 20 or 30 years in their own, their own family? What son, what parent would saddle their son or daughter with all that debt? That's exactly what's going on here. These trustees, I know they're at some of their ages. They're, they're not going to be around here very long. And they're going to leave the future residents of Yuba Sutter County with all this debt and think that they did did the community a great service. They they are not doing the community a great service. Yuba College needs to think long and hard about the courses they're offering and the relevance of the courses they're offering and the type of school it is and they need to charge some tuition maybe. And knock this free stuff out. You know, it's easy to say, oh, we're just going to offer free free schooling. Nothing's free. The taxpayers got saddled with that thing. And it's just too doggone expensive. It's the same way the pensions. The, the public got ripped off on the pension thing. And, uh, and now they can't afford it. And every time anybody meets, whether it's a city of Yuba City or a county or a state, they say, oh, well, you know, we can't, ba- there's no way we can back out of CalPERS or CalSTRS because, 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 because. The fact is uh, we were lied to under Gray Davis that the increase in pensions percentages was not going to affect the population and that um, we can just, we can increase the pensions like 50%. 35% and it, it it's just going to benefit everybody and not hurt the local citizen which is a 100% falsehood it was lie it was not a misstep it was a lie <coughs> and now we're going broke and no one wants to change the formula on the pensions for state city or county or agency or district employees they just, that's what needs to happen. We need to dial back the pensions 
And we need to dial back the fact that we're going to pay them till they drop dead and pay them at these high rates and pay these fantastic health costs for them. November 28th, you should read my article, More Bonds, More Taxes, or Bust. And what's happening is uh, we're going to see school districts go bust around here. We can't, we can't afford it. We just cannot afford it. And there's something wrong with the college system. I don't know whether Yuba College is unique or it's the way all these junior colleges are operating and state colleges, but this whole thing about <clears throat> not budgeting for the future and just letting things to run into the ground until you get a bond and then say, now we're going to go fix things. That is crazy. That's stupid budget. You can't do that at home. Just run your house into the ground and spend, go out to eat at night, go on vacation after vacation, after vacation, spend all your money, and then turn around and, and go out and, and hustle up and down the street to go f- fix your house up. That don't work, folks. That is stupid. That is stupid. And uh, so pay attention. And hopefully, you know, 2020, looks like Dan Walter said, it's up to you. At some point, you're going to have to, how much is too much? <clears throat> how much is too much? I'm telling you that the politicians, you're getting a good eyeful in in, uh, <clears throat> in Washington, D.C. These people are nuts back there. They're totally out of their mind. They're living in a world that is t- nothing like yours. Nothing at all like yours. They're in it. They're totally, they've lost touch with reality. I got a short deal here. A gal named Movita Johnson Harrell. She was in office just 10 months and she had to resign because she's going to go to jail. She said she was the first female Muslim member of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives who was elected in March and rapidly emerged as an outspoken voice against gun violence. This gal is a Looney Tunes. She's a Democrat. She spent, uh, she had a, a big nonprofit that supposedly was going to hurt, help people off the street that she was lining her own pockets. As the saying goes, prosecutors say the law lawmaker used her charity as a cash account, drawing in some cases from her clients, government, uh, Benefits and covering it up by lying on her personal financial records and those of her nonprofit and campaign. This is um, this lady is unbelievable. She's resigning. <clears throat> she was ripping off the nonprofit. She used her campaign funds on her personal personal business expenses made direct transfers to her bank account from the nonprofit. The nonprofit's coffers funded a laundry list of high-ticket items like matching fox fur coats for her and her husband, designer clothes from Ralph Lauren, and luxury online retailers, overdue car payments on a Porsche Cayenne. Gal had it going on. Private school tuition for her children. Spent $16,000 on travel in 2017. And, and it wasn't business travel. It was for fun. 
by the looks of her Facebook page. She didn't have probably enough smarts. She probably thought the system didn't have enough smarts to look at her Facebook. So she didn't have any integrity. She lasted just 10 months in her position. Total nutcase. Representing Movita Johnson Harold used more than five hundred thousand dollars of her own charity's bank accounts to pay off a Porsche, multiple multiple fur coats, pricey vacations in Mexico, not to mention funding her two campaigns for a state seat representing Philadelphia District. She nitpicked some of the accusations but bit the dust on the rest of them. This is what was shocking about this article more than Johnson Harrell. <clears throat> she is the 60th 6-0 public official in Pennsylvania to have been arrested. Arrested! Since 2017. It's only 2019. She's the 60th public official in Pennsylvania to have been arrested. Since 2017. But they say the allegations against her stand out. In other words, she's like, she surpassed them all. Unbelievable. She said she plans to plead guilty to some of the charges, which include theft, perjury, perjury and related crimes. The first female member of the Pennsylvania House. She got herself arrested. Got herself arrested. What do you think about that? That is amazing. Well, I'm going to be right back. We're going to, uh, I think we have one more segment to do. And uh, I got this. Is, this is a good clip. Socialists despise the American dream and their hatred of Walmart CEO proves it. This is a great clip. This will be an eye opener for you. Be right back. James Truslow Adams defined the American dream by saying that life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement, regardless of social class or circumstances of birth. Now, today, socialists like Bernie Sanders believe that if you work hard and earn your way to the top, you're a greedy, selfish bigot who should be stripped of your wealth so it can be given to others. Case in point, Walmart. Bernie Sanders loves dumping on millionaires. Billionaires are just people who make a good living in general. Everyone except, of course, himself. According to him, wealthy people should not exist in a society in which others don't have much money. And one of his most common targets is Walmart CEO, who for some reason has become socialism's favorite scapegoat for rich elitists who stomp all over the working class, supposedly. Now, Sanders tweeted recently that Walmart CEO made 1,076 times more than the median Walmart worker last year, claiming that greed is what keeps businesses like Walmart from paying their employees more. So now let's break this down real quick, since Bernie's tweet leaves out just a couple small pertinent details that you should know. Walmart CEO is Doug McMillan. This is him right here. 
To date, he's worth about 100 million. Now, for the socialists in the room, that does not mean that he's got 100 million in his bank account. It just means that's his net worth. Now, a little bit about Doug. Did you know that he started working for Walmart as a teenager? He worked a summer job unloading trucks at a company distribution center in 1984. After graduating from college, he called Walmart and said that he wanted to train to become a buyer. While working on his MBA, he was promoted to an assistant manager at a Walmart store in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Then he became a buyer for the store, primarily dealing with fishing and tackle gear, before he expanded to other products. After that, he took a job as a general merchandise manager for Sam's Club. Then he was offered an executive position at Walmart. He was promoted to president and CEO of Sam's Club in 2005. He then took over Walmart's international division in 2009, where he doubled the number of Walmart stores overseas and grew the business to nearly one-third of all Walmart sales worldwide before finally taking over as Walmart CEO in 2014. Within his first two years as chief executive, McMillan raised wages for hourly workers and expanded short-term disability, paid time off, benefits, and training programs. It's a heck of a resume, and frankly, that's just the nutshell version. Now, this is a guy who grew up in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which had a population of about 30,000 people in 1980. He started unloading boxes in a warehouse as a high school student. 30 years and a ton of hard work later, he's running the entire company. That right there is the very definition of the American dream. And socialists hate it, because at the root of socialism is envy. Envy at others' hard work, envy at what they've earned, envy of what someone else has with no regard to how they got it. McMillan didn't get where he's at by stepping on the little people. He was the little people. And so were countless business owners, CEOs, and company executives across this country. America was built by those who started with nothing and spun it into gold because this is the land of opportunity, and they took it. Wealthy CEOs and business owners have employed more people, paid more people, insured more people, and lifted more people out of poverty than any socialist politician ever has. So yes, the CEO who fought his way up the ladder over years of dedication and hard work is now tasked with running an entire global company and makes more than the part-time employee who unloads the tomatoes, but who has the exact same opportunity if he wants it. And the politician who's bought three houses off the taxpayer dollars he's made, sitting on his butt in Congress doing nothing for 30 years, can shut up about it. All right. Well, before we uh, go much farther, uh, I, I, got, I always have more than uh, I need to say here because I, uh, I over-prepare a bit, which is my nature. <clears throat> so don't nothing you have to worry about, but it just means I pick and choose towards the end on what I want to focus on most. But before I get there, I want to uh, thank my uh, friend Ted Holmes, who runs the Plumbing Doctor, and uh, he serves Yuba Sutter Counties up here in Northern California. And, uh, so if you have any needs for plumbing, uh, these guys can be trusted. Some people can't, you know, and uh, they'll answer their phone. They'll come out. They'll do the job. They'll clean up after themselves, and and they'll do it what they promised you for. And you can reach them at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. So give them a shout and tell them you heard about it over here, and maybe they will give you a little discount. If you tell them old Lou said something. 
So 530-671-9111, the plumbing doctor, you can call them night or day, and they, they can help you if you really need to do it immediately. I was talking before the break about the Yuba College <clears throat> saying they can't make it. Uh, it's just been uh, 13 years, 2006, and we still owe $190 million of the money we borrowed, and already... They can't live on that. They got to go back and they got to get another uh, 240 some thousand, 240 some million more dollars. We're going to have to pay back over 400 million more dollars. It's unbelievable. Somebody is not managing the finances out there. So it's this article by Katie Grimes says Sacramento school city school district is going to have going to become insolvent. That means bankrupt, run out of money next year. They're going to have a $19.1 million shortfall. Now there's a, I'm not going to be able to, I don't want to go through all the details here because I don't have time. This school district serves 41,000 and, and kids employs 2,200 teachers. And it's really sad what they end up saying here. They quote, Robert Fellner with Transparent California. He says, when you read the audit, you think to yourself, this wouldn't fly in my homeowner association. This is a major, major school district. Everyone was aware of the problems. The Sacramento County Office of Education warned them repeatedly about that. The reason the Sacramento County Office of Education warns school district is that they all all budgets from all the districts go to the county office of educations for review there's a comment here a guy makes that is shocking and i it's down towards i, I i'm not going to take time to read the audit but essentially the union is running this district and they just they just it's kind of like a uh, capitalist that buys out a, a corporation and sucks all the assets off it then sells off the remainder uh he says um this is amazing at a, he says at a main 2019 board of education meeting Sacramento city board members discussed on camera this is like recorded that 91 cents of this is shocking. I, 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 I keep reading this and it's just like, I got it memorized. 91 cents of every dollar is spent on salary and benefits. And I want to ask you something. When you send your kids to school, what do you think they're getting? If there's only nine cents of every one of your tax dollars, that's going to benefit your child. Warm them, have have materials there for them, technology there for them, books, got to buy books, right? Nine cents of every dollar. 91 cents goes to salary and benefits. Nine cents goes to programs. The school board acknowledged that David Gordon, superintendent of Sacramento Office of Education, warned the district for four. Fourteen years that their practices were unsustainable. Fourteen years. <clears throat> you know why? It's the same problem that Yuba College has. They don't have the cojones to change anything. They just they they just they're not gonna employ the same 
successful financial management that they do at home to stay solvent. So they somehow think that some other foreign type of financial management will work at Yuba College or Yuba County or the city of Marysville where they just keep taking, 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 taking. They're just taking too damn much. Fellner said, this is, this is the transparent California guy. Fellner said this is happening in one of the strongest economies the country and state of California has ever seen and ever. But by the next recession, they will claim we need to make cuts due to the recession, which is baloney. California, this is Fellner. This is, <clears throat> this is where it all started, folks. California got into this public pension and benefits mess in 1999. Hold that. Just memorize this. People don't want to talk about this. People, this is 1999. Just remember, 1999, Gray Davis signed Senate Bill 400. 1999, the dot-com boom was ripping, and everybody's making money. And so... The unions came to Gray Davis and, and they, they got the CalPERS, which unions run, and they said, hey, we can we can increase the uh, public pensions and it won't cost the taxpayer a nickel because we're making so much in the stock market. And that's just stupid thing because the stock market never stays like that. So in 1999, Gray, Gray Davis signed Senate Bill 400. Remember, 99 1999 and 400, Senate Bill 400. It was put together by a lady named Deborah Ortiz, Democrat Sacramento, which it just didn't cover an increase from here on out. It retroactively increased public pensions by 50% for, say, the California Highway Patrol officers. Retroactively means if I had, if I was in my 30th year at the Highway Patrol and I was going to get say 2% or one and a half percent times the number of years I served times my final year of service times the amount of money I was earning. That'd be my pension each year. They, they went up 50% retroactively. In other words, if I was at the end, they said, Oh, you know, you thought you're going to retire with that percent of pensions. We're going to double that for you just cause you're a nice guy. And we can afford it. That's what they did for the Highway Patrol. Then what happened? A stampede happened of similar increases across California. Because what do you think other people did? What happens when one, one group of people gets a raise? Other people want a raise. They said, hey, they got a raise. The nurses over there got a raise. So why don't we get a raise at Adventist? The nurses at Kaiser got a raise. Why don't we get a raise over here? The mechanics over here got a raise. Why don't we get a raise over here? So there was a stampede of increases across California for other peace officers and firefighters and public employees and state and local government, according to John Morlatch. He represents Costa Mesa. Morlatch says the argument was often made that the benefit had to be granted or local workers would shift to more generous neighboring governments that already had goosed their pensions. You see what I'm saying? And that that argument I, I've heard repeated often. Well, if we don't pay them here, I remember hearing Larry Munger, who used to be on the, remember Larry Munger? Those efforts, Larry, those efforts, Larry Munger? 
<clears throat> that Larry Munger mentioned, if we don't pay these cops up here more money, they're going to go down there. Some of them do go down there. At some point, you just have to say, you know something? <clears throat> We're not going to go broke up here. We are not going to go broke. And so... We're going to dial things back, and if people want to work here, fine. If they don't, fine. We're just, we're going to let, we're not going to follow everybody over the cliff. <clears throat> That's just the way that is. We're not going to do that. So uh, that's that's what this is all about, folks. You can hear all the song and dance from Yuba College you want, but it's a pension problem. It's a pension problem, and it's living beyond your means. When you say, Hey, 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 uh, our, our, you know, we, the concrete's cracked. The roof is leaking. The glass is old and cracked. We can't paint the buildings anymore. I thought, what the heck? I, if so, if that would happen to my house, they, they would look at me and say, poor management. Like I gave you an example. We, I was having this dinner tonight, earlier tonight. And, uh, some people were talking about an RV hookup that was really nice RV hookup that was being built over on the Sacramento River. And they're all looking forward to park their RV there. And so uh, when they got over there one day, <clears throat> it it was stopped in the middle of the construction. And they had, it just abandoned. Mud, things were done, but things were undone. And, and when that looks like that in America, what do you think? Poor management. They ran out of money. That's what's going on here. That's what's going on here. When when these school districts say, you know, our well, we just haven't had enough. You know, our building, our our rooms are falling apart. This is that. Da 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 da. We say, hey, what were you doing with all the money? Instead of giving it all out in salaries, you should have been fixing some of your building buildings. Not our fault. We gave you money. You should live on that money. What are you thinking? Anyway. All right. Check this out. I wrote in a my first Tesla here a while back. I think I mentioned it. And uh, my friend said she spent $50,000 on this Tesla. <clears throat> the car was okay. I did, it was a uh, you know, it it didn't wow me. What wowed me when I got in it is the power of the car. Electric cars I've always thought never would be very powerful but when she stepped on it it threw my head back i mean it was like it had some g's and so but they're expensive cars she said this was one of the least expensive cars that tesla made and uh, anyway enough about tesla <clears throat> but it's interesting you remember chuck schumer and nancy pelosi when donald trump wanted to give the middle class a big tax increase and <clears throat> and he was cutting regulations and cutting taxes. He tax. Sorry, he wanted to give. I may have stated that wrong. Trump wanted to give it reduced taxes. Period. And so then the argument became: Well, you're just going to give the big cats a tax decrease, and you're not going to benefit the middle class. Da, 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 da. So they didn't. They didn't want to give any benefits right to the to the rich, the rich people, right? Schumer and Pelosi and the rest of them. Everybody screamed, screamed, screamed. He's going to give tax credits for manufacturing. He's going to give credits for coming back in the country. He was reducing regulations big time, right? So isn't it interesting, then on the green energy, Democrats 
Schumer and Pelosi teamed up to lobby for a tax bill that would provide about 80% of the benefits to Americans who make more than $100,000 a year. So this tax bill um, benefits you, gives you credits if you buy a extremely expensive car. Isn't that interesting? Now, you don't see some poor Mexican from Mexico <clears throat> that's that's earning $15 an hour. He's not going to get a tax break. Uh some white trash girl and slinging <clears throat> eggs over at Denny's. She's not going to get a tax break. But uh, the most wealthy Americans that exist who can afford to buy a pricey Tesla or GM electric vehicles uh, are going to get a tax break. Like, why wouldn't they give a tax break for a Rolls Royce or a Porsche? So... Half of the tax breaks, it's a 60, it costs $16 billion for this, these tax breaks, right? And, and my friends, I, said, I asked her, I said, what kind of, do you get a big tax break for buying an electric car? She said, oh, yeah, they, I'm getting seven, over $7,000 for uh, a tax credit from the federal government. And she said, she said PG&E sent me a check for $800, $700 or $800. I thought, hey, they're going broke, and they're sending you a check. What for not use for sw- switching to electricity? Anyway, uh, half the tax breaks are going to residents in California. Isn't that interesting? That's how much money's in California. Half. Uh, the, and you know who's going to pay for it? The voters of forty-nine states will. We're going to pay for the, a lot of these tax credits for these wealthy people in California. So these tax credits are far and away more generous than the rebates to car dealerships typically used to entice buyers. Like my friend said, Uncle Sam offers a $7,500 tax credit for electric car buyers. Uh, And Tesla is lobbying to get that tax credit extended past this year, which is supposed to sunset. Anyway, it's just interesting how they're arguing Trump is ripping off the middle class, and then she they turn around, and the middle class will end up funding the tax credits for the most wealthy people in this country. The other thing that's going on in this particular bill extends billions of dollars for extensions of wind and solar subsidies. You see, wind and solar cannot produce electricity profitably like you invest a certain amount of money in bird blenders and solar panels, that will not produce enough electricity at a cheap enough rate to pay you back and so you can make a profit. So then they have to take tax dollars to pay for these wind and solar operations to give to private industry, take your tax dollars to give to private industry to create power and sell back to you at extremely high price because they can't produce power cheap enough. Compared to gas, power, gas-fired power, coal-fired power, hydro-fired power. They also added $5 billion of new spending on environmental justice grants to universities. Oh, yeah, we need environmental justice. Take more money from farmers for fish. (coughs) Sorry, my throat's raspy tonight. So... 
There's a Head Start program for electric vehicles, according to Her- Heritage Foundation. Many, many states have their own electric vehicle incentives. And in those states, taxpayers are essentially writing a $10,000 rebate check to electric vehicle drivers. So that means if you don't drive one, you can't afford one. That means your taxes are going to pay for people to own those cars because they're not profitable as it is on their own. It's the same way that green energy is going to not only cost you a fortune, you're paying a subsidy for the people that are creating it where you're not subsidizing the oil industry. Says this one guy that writes for Heritage Foundation, Nick Loris, he says that because electric vehicles don't use gasoline at the pump, they receive an added subsidy because they don't pay directly for the roads, highways, and bridges they use. Even worse, while Congress is preparing to expand this program, the Treasury Inspector General has recently uncovered rampant fraud. The inspector general found an astonishing 16,510 tax returns with potentially erroneous electric vehicle tax credits worth a total of 73, almost $74 million. In other words, people are taking a tax credit for electric vehicle to lower their taxes and they don't own one. It's unbelievable. You say, well, how are we ever going to get control on this? Don't do it. Have a tax return that has about four lines. You earn this, you pay this, and there's no tax credits. Subtract this, add this over here, multiply it times two, then move that up to number 14, then add that to number 22, then move it on down to 35. It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. It's a clown act. It's a bureaucratic clown act. The way to get around this is for government. If government was not so involved in business and nosing, putting their nose into business's business, business was would not be sticking their nose into government's business. <clears throat> business will bribe government to get to stay alive. Business is trying to stay alive. And they will pay off lobbyists or what, whoever they want to do to get people to not damage their business. And so you don't get these convoluted things where somebody, you, you want solar and all this stuff so bad, but it's not profitable. Nobody could actually go out and create energy out of solar and out of wind and, and be able to sell it at a price that people want to pay it. People say, no, it's too much. I don't want to buy it. Well, it's really good. And it saves the environment. And that's all right. I don't want to buy it. It's too expensive. I'm going to buy my utilities over here made by fossil fuel or hydro. That's cheaper, and I can afford that. Well, yeah, but that's bad. Well, it's okay that it's bad. I want it over here. But what the government does is steps in and says, we're not going to offer you power from those cheap sources because we don't believe it's good for the environment. Therefore, you're going to buy, you're going to, pay a lot more for your power and you're going to give money to the solar company to create power and sell sell it back to you at a extremely high price that's what's going on here you're getting ripped twice you're getting your tax dollars are supporting the 
solar company or the bird blender company, and you're turning around having to pay an egregious price, and then you wonder why PG&E went broke. Between liberals saying you can't trim the trees, you can't cut roads back in there to trim those trees, and then saying you need to pay you need to pay for power that is not worth that kind of money, but you need to pay for it anyway. <clears throat> no wonder PG&E went broke. That's it for today. Uh, we're going to uh, catch you next week, which will be the 21st of December. And I hope you have a good week. Hang, hang, hang easy. Take it easy out there. And if you run into somebody you don't know, treat them nice because they may be an angel and you don't even know it. So we're signing off. No Hostages Radio. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Sweetheart to miss Sugar to kiss